Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new edition of the Rugby Muscle Podcast. We are joined once again by Chris Speed, Olympic weightlifter, former rugby player, high-performance coach. He is joining us once again on a podcast, and this time, rather than... Uh, if you listen to the last episode, we spoke about all the different things with Olympic weightlifting and rugby. Now, today, we are... Eh, we got some questions that are very, along, uh, very much along those sort of lines, but we also have a few other questions because... Every single time I have a new guest on this podcast, I open it up for, or I open them up. That sounds a bit dodgy, but I open up the floor for questions from all of you guys. And each time I do that on the day of the interview, they will go up on my Instagram stories at tj.strength. I will post, I'll put a post up saying, Hey, do any of you guys want to ask XYZ person any questions? Um, each guest that I bring on every single week will have a different sort of flavor, different sort of expertise, and um, different personalities. So feel free to ask the questions relevant to them. Or if you want just your own little wacky sort of input, like asking stupid sort of crazy questions, you can do that too. If you just go to Instagram at tj.strength, you'll check my stories. Um, and then on some days when I'm recording podcasts, I'll open it up for you guys. And in today's episode, you guys took advantage and asked um, a lot more sort of mobility questions, mindset questions, and those sorts of things. So we'll get into that in today's episode. But I just wanted to make sure that you guys are all aware that if you wanted to gain, or if you want to gain as much muscle as you can in 12 weeks, whilst also increasing your rugby performance, then you're going to go and want to get the Rugby Muscle Protocol. You can get that on rugby-muscle.com forward slash protocol. If you're not interested in gaining muscle, that is absolutely fine. You just want to get conditions. You just want to be the fittest player that you can be on the pitch. Well, then we've got something for you for free. If you go ahead and go to rugby-muscle.com, you will find our 50 free conditioning sessions. All you have to do is enter your email. Okay, that's it for the uh, plugs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, we'll get straight into this episode. Uh, and I'm thinking that in the future, we might do an extra Six Nations preview podcast. If you guys are interested in that, let me know. In fact, you can go ahead and let me know by giving a five-star review on iTunes. I thought I said I was done with the plugs, but apparently not. Go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes and just say, hey, looking forward to the Six Nations pod or give us your Six Nations predictions. If anyone gets it right, you'll be in for a prize. And without further ado, let's go into the Q&A with myself and high-performance coach, weightlifter Chris Speed. All right, are we back? Yes, we are back again with Chris Speed. How's it going, mate? Are you here? We've lost oh, him. Not not too bad, mate. How are you? Oh, we got him. We got him back. Mate, we missed you for about 10 seconds there. It's two days in podcast <laughs> land, but two seconds here in the real world. Where, where'd you go? Maybe just oh, mate, I'm still, getting to, I'm still getting to grips with this app. So I keep on sort of accidentally clicking the done speaking bit, and then I end up speaking and then not actually making any noise. Excellent. That would be good. <laughs> that, that would be uh, absolutely terrible for a podcast, actually. Uh <laughs> You can do all the speaking you can, but no one can hear you. Sometimes I feel exactly. like that's what I'm doing anyways. Like my life. <laughs> well, someone's, um, hear- someone's hearing you, mate. Someone's hearing you. Yeah. I hope, yeah, that one person still listens, didn't you, boy? Thanks Thanks for listening to you. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, so with all that Tom Foley going around, we might as well get straight into it. Uh, last week or last episode, I forgot to ask you for your fact of the week, mate. So it's about time you stepped it up. 
my Johnny Wilkinson quote of he didn't actually miss rugby, he missed the challenge of it. And as soon as he found another challenge, that is when he realised that he didn't actually miss the sport, which is something that I think a lot of other people should consider. Is Oh, I've lost you again. Oh. Yeah, you're back. You got me again? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, um, you might not actually love the sport you're doing. It may just be you love a challenge. So Johnny Wilkinson wasn't just a great rugby player. He was just someone who loved a challenge. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, he was a good rugby player, so don't, don't say... Oh, he was an amazing rugby player, but <laughs> he was an amazing rugby player just because he wanted he wanted that challenge. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, really, like, rugby is our our, our challenge, you know? Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's our challenge, but there are so many other challenges that people can do. But this the the challenge of rugby like brings about so many different awesome things. That yeah, you know, oh, there's so many different. It makes it easier to miss. And and like you said in the last one, actually, and, and I spoke about it with Ben. But when you retire, like so many dudes retire, and then they have nothing else going on. Like they don't like I I, I yeah I told you like both times I tried to retire I've I've retired I've picked up other sports because I know I need my challenge and then I've got to pick up other things to try and find that brotherhood aspect or or whatever the you know the discipline like you got you have to like it's a waste if you just don't apply the the lessons that you can get from rugby to other areas of your life in my opinion yeah oh yeah I think that is one of the things you're seeing I think you'll see it with some some people are literally just made to play the game that they're playing in like that's it that's basically what they're built to do and you do see some people where the reason they do so well at the game they're in is because they are just they're just amazing at rising to challenges whatever it is yeah for sure and uh because i didn't give a fact in for the last one i feel like i should give in a fact of myself from myself now as well and so uh, for you guys that have been listening to the most recent podcast, you know that my facts of the week now are becoming words of the week because I'm just trying to get everyone's vocabulary just to bump up a little bit. Not that you're going to use any of these words ever in your life, but who gives a fuck? <laughs> Speaking of which, actually, who gives a fuck? The word is Lalo Lalo Kazia. It's spelled L-A-L-O-C-H-E-Z-I-A. And that is the relief that you get from stress or pain by swearing. So when you're like, ah, fuck! That makes you feel better by swearing. It makes you get a that's little bit a, of relief. That's actually a word. Uh huh. Huh. No one, you, you're not going to use it, so don't act like you are. Well, no, it's just one of those weird words, like you know, you've got like Schrodenfrod in like German, which is basically laughing at someone else's expense. It's like yeah. an oddly specific thing to have a word for. But yeah, but it makes sense because that is a thing. But oh well, what the fuck are we talking about? Let's get into these questions, all right? And we've, uh, I, I put up. On my Instagram story at tj.strength that Chris was coming on and we get, we had a few hours. So obviously because of Instagram, we aren't we aren't always going to get the best quality of questions from Instagram, I don't think. But I do like going through them because it always makes me laugh. What are the worst ones? Give me like the worst one. You, you ready for the, 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 the worst question is absolutely definitely the very first question. And that is, do y'all drink from the tap? <laughs> Uh, am I getting really old? Does that mean something that I don't know? Um, let me let it me. Sounds like it. It. it sounds like something that one of my like Southern American like relatives would say, but I don't know why. Do you all drink from the tap? I'm not sure what that means. Do you drink from the tap? Public service announcement: Don't drink or cook with hot water from the tap. That doesn't mean anything. Essentially, uh, do you drink from the tap? 
can't believe. Yeah, if it's like if it's drinkable water, I drink from the tap. Okay. Would you? I also drink from the tap, but I live in Colorado, so like I think our reservoir's got to be one of the best. But I'm not sure about the plumbing. I do intend on getting a uh, a Brita filter for just 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 to keep a little bit of the um, metals down. But nah, I'm not like if you're concerned like massively about that stuff sort of stuff there are about a million other things that you should be fixed or you should you should have perfect before you worry about that but yeah. then it can be something worth considering once you've once you've now once you've got all your other big rocks in place but uh yes we both drink from the tap it's way more convenient although actually i will say i have been getting into drinking my bottles of water because it's just it, that's also just pretty convenient like just grab a bottle and go yeah, we have spent far too long on this fucking useless question. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on something that's actually useful because we're yeah, okay. We are... All right, my boy Dara, um, Island Protege, he says, how important are Olympic lifts for front rowers? For front rowers, um, I'd say they're probably more useful for you than other positions. But again, it's just a good tool that you can have in your toolbox if you want to use it and if you can use it. Yeah, I, I'm bang on the exact same point because of what we said in the last podcast about how it does help you carry um especially like the catching of it that can really help you um absorb the force of someone else and and carry hard still and still push into the direction that you want to go yeah i think it's a good thing um but it's not you know that's not the only way that you can do that um and if you're if you're only like if you're only olympic lifting sometimes that's not necessarily the best because when you're scrumming and when you're or scrummaging it's a pet hate of mine actually it's when people say scrumming uh when you're scrummaging <laughs> or, or rucking um you you're, you're applying your force pretty much horizontally right or at least at yeah. some sort of angle whereas you're not get you're, and you're not getting that when you do rugby or if you're i mean rugby when you do your olympic lifts and if yeah, you exactly. are then you're getting your olympic lifts really wrong and you're doing the old clean slash broad jump technique that some people do Exactly. Um, so I I don't I wouldn't say like again I, I hate bashing people for their questions, but it's always 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 context specific. And by saying that you're a front rower, like that's given us a good bit of context for sure. But again, it, it's 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 entirely up to you if you enjoy them. If you're good at I know Dara is actually really good at his techniques, really good. So I absolutely would keep using them if I was you, mate. Um, I think also to an extent. Like if you get a good enough technique, you can you can pretty much use your Olympic lifts as your squat pattern training as well. If you get good enough technique, you can go real heavy yeah. and still train that. There. Oh, a nice one for him then will be um, a hang clean, pause front squat, and then some kind of push press because that would carry over to most stuff. So it carry over to scrummaging. The front squat would obviously build general strength, and the push press should as as well. If you did a thruster or a push press, as little as you can obviously build specific strength in the gym, that would hopefully carry over to tackling and then scrummaging and then the lineup as well roughly speaking like because it can't kind of roughly kind yeah. of sort of cuts those patterns and the order that you do it in can also help like in terms of still giving you a, a decent mechanical load a good bit of tension a good challenge on that lift oh if you god do it yeah. right, like that pause for jerk, makes that squat be... so much harder yeah Oh, and as well, I think just because of it, like if you do clean, clean, squat, squat, push, press, push, press, or jerk, jerk at the end, like it is actually pretty gassy. Like you do actually build some decent conditioning by doing that, especially if you're doing it heavy. Like it's it's quite horrible, in yeah. a good way, in the best way that you, it can be horrible. 
Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Um, anything else you want to add to that question? I, think we're I don't think so. I, think it's, I feel like I feel a bit bad because we're being a bit vague, but we that's as kind of specific as we no, can be. I mean, is is they are important. They're good. Use them if you, I mean. And for the most part, like front rowers are going to be built better to do the Olympic lifts than most other positions. Like yes, a lot I agree. Isn't built to snatch, whereas you can get a prop that can snatch really well because of their levers. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. All right, next question: um, <laughs> Will Chris stop bullying me into a hundred and twenty kilo snatch? Is that Ian? Yes, I believe so. I know. Is it so, yeah? So basically, Ian is one of these people who's very guilty of basically doing a high pull with 120 and he literally gets to his eyeballs but he still won't sit under it and he can and he's a competitive masters lifter he can full snatch so every single time i've gone to the gym lately i just ask him why he hasn't snatched 120 and then when he snatches i just say oh you should put 120 on so <laughs> the plan for him is next week he's supposed to come to the gym and snatch 120 well it's 121 now because i've seen him do 120 for multiple high pulls like sets of three so it's like mm, yeah no you know you're snatching it now well what i like about i mean that's another good thing about sort of weightlifting that um you don't get that challenge as much elsewhere is that there you can get like massive massive mental blocks right and uh, yeah and and having to overcome them can be like the most amazing feeling or or a, a big lesson that you can learn like those sorts of things it's really it's definitely something that can probably benefit you in life in a way because you know, sometimes I, I remember I did it for the longest time of 110 kilos on the snatch. Like, oh, mate, you had the same block as me. Like when I think it was because we just passed each other at uni. I think the year after you, yeah. the year you left, that was when I kind of started Olympic lifting. I think, mm-hmm. and I was stuck at 107 forever. Like I tried 110, and I'd literally sit down with it and then wouldn't get it every single time. I'm pretty sure I got a triple once with like 106 or 107. And I still That's the get worst bit when you get triples with like what with pretty much the same weight. And then <laughs> yeah, you still can't do it. yeah, um, yeah. So uh, Chris will stop bullying you uh, once you hit that 120 kilo snatch because then that mental block will have gone. Um, and yeah, actually, on, the next question that. really relates to this, mate. So we'll get straight into it. Uh, yeah, uh, my girl Hannah, she's a CrossFit athlete, and she wants to know um, tips on dropping quick enough on a squat snatch. Um, so what we've typically seen at the club and what you'll see a lot of the time is when you're worried about dropping under, like you just want to get under quicker, what will tend to happen is if you get like a slow-mo video and if you have a video of like your lift, especially the one you missed, then I'm happy to take a look at it for you, is you're probably not extending. So when you get to the point where the bar, where you basically finish standing up, you're probably not actually standing up. So your legs yeah. are probably still a bit bent. You're your rushing to get under through. it. Yeah, and you probably have like what I would call kind of like kind of sheepish posture so your shoulders are probably up you're probably rounded so then what happens is like and tj if like i don't know if you can explain this a bit better but if you don't stretch the front of your hips then your hips can't then snap you underneath because they're not stretched but if you stretch all the way up so you're actually using your legs your knees locked your hip your hips are extended so your glutes are squeezed and you're leaned back then you've got this massive stretch down the front of your body so then when you go to pull under not only is the bar coming up higher but you're going to snap down quicker because of the stretch reflex so if you just worry about pulling under, you're not getting the bar high to pull under anyway. Yes. And that's where you see a lot of beginners like, or people who are at quite high level, hit the bar, hit themselves in the head or like miss it where they're not even close to getting it because they don't extend upwards. Like if you just worry about finishing, like basically standing up, getting triple extension as best you can, then a lot of the time, as long as the bar's coming up straight and it's not looped out in front of you, 
you'll you'll snatch it. You just need to make sure you're finishing. So don't worry about pulling under. I'm assuming that your technique on pulling in is actually good. It's just you feel like it's not good when you get to heavyweight. Finish like properly. Just put everything you have into that, and then you'll find all of a sudden you'll turn under it better. Yeah, beautiful. Like it's it's where I think people. I think we spoke about the cap hold technique in in our, in our last podcast we did a couple of years back, but. It's where people get confused a little bit with that catapult technique, I think, is that if you really extend those hips aggressively, it doesn't literally push the bar up, but it finishes the movement properly. And because you snap your hips into the movement, because they're fully extended, it's almost it's the same like at the bottom of a squat, right? You get that bounce back and you can bounce and catapult almost yourself underneath the bar. And as long as you can hold good positions, then you'll be solid. Um, other things are, uh, you know, Sometimes people say they can't drop underneath it, the bar quick enough when actually they're just not strong enough. So they, they get there, but because they get there in a poor or because they get there and they can't handle that load, they'll just crumble underneath. And so sometimes it's not always a technical thing. That happens a lot. Or it happens just that their bottom position isn't quite correct, right? Because if you're trying to if your bottom position is a little bit off and it's awkward, maybe you've jumped forward or jumped back or whatever, now you're correcting the bar in a whole new way and it becomes that much harder to sort of stabilize underneath it. So you just you just end up bottoming out of the snatch straight away. Um, oh, it's not necessarily mate. you're not think... dropping quick enough. It's just that you, when you get there, you can't handle it. Yeah, that is uh, 100% true. And I think it's worth saying as well that um, when it comes to mobilizing stuff, and it's just a, like a... Uh, random point if you're finding that something won't open up or that you're squatting down and you can't get into position quick enough or you feel like your hips are closed off your shoulders are whatever you're trying to use is probably weak like if you can't open your knees out in the bottom of the squat the inside of your hip is probably weak and tight so your adductors and hip flexors probably need work and that's actually another thing that we've seen more is that especially and tj you and i won't have problems with this because we've played team sports and done a lot of sprinting people who don't have a good background on it your hip flexors aren't actually strong enough to snap your knees up. So yeah. then when you go to pull under the bar, the biggest muscle in your body that could pull you down doesn't pull you down. So you end up kind of with this weird lag where like your body kind of just flops under the bar. Yeah. So then the actual need for you to extend becomes greater because you can't get under quick enough. So you need more room. But it's usually a confidence thing. And it's usually a case of if your snatch position, the bottom position is good. And usually girls who are CrossFitters who actually can do full snatch and full cleans you don't tend to be the ones with mobility problems from what I've seen. Yeah. So extend up, literally try and get your chest and your forehead through the ceiling and put your traps into your ears. That's where you finish. Then you turn under. Don't think that you need to push your hips into the bar because you'll naturally push them into the bar. You need to get up as tall as you can. So the bar height's there. I think if bar um, height's there. Oh, go on. Yeah, if the bar height's there, then that catapult technique we used to use, that's like that adds the speed to the bar. That's what pops it. But if your legs don't extend, then you don't get any height. So you need the height first. Yeah, um, I think it also, you know, if it is a mental thing, just doing the drills can really help. So like your pocket snatches really do help your speed under the bar because then you've got you've got no choice but to use your speed under the bar and don't and, and you know, yes, keep that real light, but really try and make sure that you're not, you know, you're not just using light weights to sort of get around it like your technique has to be perfect when you're doing those and that's because yeah that's why you're drilling them oh the pocket snatch is a great one i think a pocket snatch is a great one to build the actual confidence of especially if you go like moderately like us i think everyone has different very like versions of what moderately heavy is like 60 to 70 percent that's um, what you i was do a snatch with it 
then yeah. you'd be like, oh, well, I am fast enough to get under a heavy bar because I'm doing it with like no, with literally no time to build momentum. And then maybe a pocket muscle snatch because that would teach you what it actually takes to accelerate the bar through. So that would build the strength, whereas a pocket snatch would build, still build the strength, but it builds more of the skill and the confidence because a po- like pocket snatches, like, I know you've done them before, like they're horrible, but they're disgusting. They don't feel like you can ever get any weight up to over your head yeah but then you do so then when you go from the floor it feels like a dream because you're like oh i actually have time to build up momentum and i can get the bar to move whereas a pocket snatch it kind of feels like you're dipped into a little plie and someone's just going okay go and you're like what what do you mean (laughs) just go oh okay what what yeah no i think that's great um and then one last thing i would say for hannah is patience that's yes you know it's you know all of this stuff takes a long fucking time and and like getting quicker underneath the bar is a lot harder to see versus putting two kilos on the bar or doing some other things, but that's still going to give you the benefit. Next question. How do I get shoulder mobility to snatch? Um, so it really depends on what it is. Is it, is there someone that you know that's asked it? Uh, no. Okay. So if you can't get shoulder mobility, then I'm guessing you, one, don't know how to get the bar in position because you've never had it in a good position before. Two, you're probably tight across the front of the chest and you're probably weak on the back of it. So one of the easiest ways to teach this is to do a seated grip, seated press from behind the neck with a snatch grip, but without a back support Yeah, and sit slightly forward. So basically, so if you imagine where your hips and your shoulders line up, if I was looking at you directly from the side, if you were to push your shoulders slightly forward so your back arches, and your shoulders end up more over like the top of your thigh press from there and that will teach you how to get in position because part of the snatch grip stuff is that most people don't realize that that position where the bar is in the snatch like it's really wide you don't actually need that much mobility to get there like the clean and the jerk grip is actually where the mobility lies like in terms of having to get your arms overhead quite close whereas the snatch grip stuff is usually a bit of strength and just trusting the bar can go there remember the bar is supposed to line up slightly behind your ears and it's supposed to line up there with your elbows pushed to the ceiling and your shoulders slightly elevated. And whether you need to internally rotate your shoulders or externally rotate them will depend on the person, but you just need to be in a position where your arms are straight, your back is flat. So the seated press is the best way to build that. And then if you can eventually start doing from the bottom of a squat position, presses from behind the neck with a snatch and or a clean grip as well. Mm. And those will both... The, oh yeah, mate, but they sort your squat position out when you do them in squat position and they build shoulder mobility and shoulder strength and they build confidence in the bottom position. So it kind of kills two birds with one stone. And it's just, that's the simplest way that I can think to do it. If you've got other shoulder problems, like you've had pre-existing injuries or whatever, then you need to obviously consider the advice I've just given and maybe not do it. Yeah, or maybe contact um, us and we can give you more details. But that's the, those are the most, those are the two exercises I know. Well, for sure. kind of four really that, would fix it the quickest where you'll get a feel for both technique of how to hold the bar overhead and build the strength and mobility. Um, I'd come to this from a different sort of standpoint in that, like I, I would actually come at from, you said those are the, that's the simplest way. My simplest way is just a fucking snatch. Like just to keep the weights light. Don't try and push like, you know, you're, you're concerned for the, your first two years of weightlifting pretty much, or at least at very least your first full year of of doing the olympic lifts should not be at all on the weight it should be completely on the movement and how that movement looks and if you you know if you get enough weight you they usually they can help you get into the position so if you just use the bar and over time just keep working on your overhead squat and then eventually your snatch and then you combine them and you go through the series in a in a, in a 
effective manner, then you're going to get the shoulder mobility. Like you have to, to get those positions. And then sometimes it will still be an issue because of tight chest muscles or because of a tight thoracic or whatever it is. Right. And actually I'll, I'll get into another point on that in a sec, but yeah, it, you know, just by practicing the movement a lot, you know, for a, few, a period of a few months, you'll find that you'll get into positions really well anyway. Um, and then, you know, add in the drills as you need to see fit. But understand that if you can't even do lifts in the first place or you've never even attempted and, and you can't find that snatch position, it's not necessarily just because you've got tight shoulders. It's because you haven't done the lift. So do the lifts and and then get better. Don't wait. Don't spend too much time doing a million other different variations when you need to practice what you need to practice. Yeah, I would agree. And I'd say you need to do, if you're going to use exercise I listed, you need to do them on the side of what you've just said. Because that's one of the things I think people do. They kind of go, oh, well, I need to do this before I do it. It's kind of like saying, oh, I'm going to wait till I'm strong enough to compete. Yeah, I'm going to lose like, a bit more weight before I go to the gym. What? Wait, what? Yeah, it's it that make any same sense. kind of thing. Like, yeah. oh, I need to get like my shoulders a bit strong. I need to work on my ability before I snatch. And so I'm like, well, have you tried to just... And it sounds like it sounds like a really dickish like old man coach. Maybe you are becoming grumpy old coaches, but it sounds like a really grumpy coach thing to say. I'm just just try it. Just keep trying. Like yeah. if you can't tackle very well, just keep trying it and you'll figure it out. Your body needs the, the reps to figure it out. If you're not like if you were perfectly suited to the Olympic lifting and literally the first time you grab the bar and push it overhead, you could do it, you probably would be you probably wouldn't be talking to us on the podcast, you'd probably be snatching and clean jerking a lot already. So you need a little bit more help to get started, which is fine. But it still means you need to just grit through it. And as long as it's not hurting, if it just sucks a bit, just suck it up and accept. It's going to suck for a bit. But eventually it will suck with 100, not with the bar. That will be when it breaks down. So persevere and it will get better. Absolutely. And then uh, one last thing for this question, because we've only got one more question. But one last thing for this one is uh, it's not always necessarily shoulder mobility as well. Like, oh, sometimes it's thoracic. Well, it's back. no. I, I was going to say hips or or even um, ankles a little bit, but but definitely hips. A lot of people can't get their torso upright enough, and they're like, "Oh, I need to get more flexible shoulders." Well, no, because you're leaning the fuck forward, so your shoulders don't want to be behind you. You want to be stacked in a stronger vertical torso position as you can, pretty much, to to then hit that uh, to hit a good snatch. Like you're not going to have your shoulders behind you or in a in a in a like low squat position with your torso, you know, almost parallel with the ground. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. So make sure that it is your shoulders that need to be more mobile. And that's why I say practice just the lift rather than you know you can have the most fucking mobile shoulders in the world, but if you're if you're snatch, trying to snatch sixty kilos over your head and you can't keep a vertical torso or even remotely vertical, you're not gonna you're not gonna do it. Exactly. Boom. That's exactly it, mate. All right, last question. How does competing in, a, in Olympic weightlifting differ from rugby? Um, I'd say that now that I'm... Because one thing that's probably worth saying, there's not that many clubs with a large competitive atmosphere for weightlifting in England. They're getting better, though. Like, you're getting more. Where it was very different before because I was pretty much the only lifter of my standard in, like, for a few counties over. So it was very lonely. It was very isolated. Yep. And the other thing that... And that wasn't necessarily bad, but now that I've got an actual tier, like, team lower like, around me, it's a little bit easier because there's people to train with. But the main thing that I find different is, one, you're not physically competing against someone. And the other thing also is, is that you only get to compete, like, every three to six months, which is weird, because if you fuck up in a rugby game, you can go and just try again the next weekend. 
And the worst you have is like an off season or a preseason where you don't get to play, but you get to improve. Whereas with weightlifting, it's like if you mess up at a meet, then it's like, okay, well, you've got to wait for you've got to wait a little while now before you get to try it again. So it's like more pressure? To an extent, it's more pressure. There's more prep time, which is good. And you get to be a bit more cerebral about how you prep and less reactive. But at the same time, it is more pressure in a way. And that's where some people you can see from team sports, they kind of fall off a little bit because they don't realise, oh, actually, this is the only chance you get to showcase what you've done. It doesn't mean that you've not done well and you're not training hard and you're not doing what you're supposed to. It just means that if you fuck up on that meet day, you've got to then go and do another one to make it up. Yeah. So don't fuck up on your meet day. Essentially, well, basically, the way that (laughs) we think about it is don't worry about making like world records. Don't worry about setting the world alight. Just do what you need to do to weigh in properly and make all six of your lists. If you do that 90% of the time, if you plan for that, you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, and that's what uh, I've been talking about recently as well, or a while back on my Instagram, is those process goals and, and a recent podcast, like setting the processes in place so that then, and weightlifting is a beautiful example of this. You know, you, you set the processes that you need to do in place and then the numbers and the actual outcomes, like, you know, whether it's a competition or whether it's just a lift, those will take care of themselves. Yeah, exactly. Well, I liked your one of, um, oh, what was it? It was the question you did, the poll on, uh, oh, what's everyone's goals for week? And some lad said, oh, I want to get picked for first team. And you said, well, instead of saying that, maybe look at what things would definitely lead to you eventually being a part of the first team. So I'm going to sleep more. I'm going to maybe get to training early and work on some of my drills. I'm going to have feedback from one of my coaches and all that stuff. Like It's the same thing with weightlifting. It's just that <clears throat> those things, you can directly make them affect the end goal. So yeah. I need to make sure that my back squat goes up my 10 kilos. I need to make sure that I do these variations in training because they help. I need to make sure I sleep more. I need to make sure my macros are right. I need to make yeah. sure that I train this many days a week. I need to make sure that four weeks away, I start a taper. Like those things can, like obviously the bad stuff can happen. And then a good taper and a good comp prep can be fucked up within a few days. Or you can have a terrible comp prep phase, which is what some of our listeners had where like some of them are studying to be doctors and they're having their finals and you've got different stuff like this. Um, they go and they surprise you. But as long as you try as hard as you can to stick to the process, a lot of the time you go into the meet not actually being very nervous and not having any expectations because you're literally like, well, I've done all the work that I need to do. So it's kind of just, it's either going to happen or it's not. And if you go in accepting that, and I feel like that's what a lot of naturally good rugby players, especially the nations like Samoa and Fiji, they kind of, because they train so much specifically, I think they go into games literally just thinking whatever's going to happen is going to happen. We just need to try as hard as we can. And because of that, that's why, one, they play some of the best, most oddest brand of rugby ever. That's also why they beat a lot of people with really, really like, high-risk play. Because they think we're just going to try as hard as we can and do what we think we need to. And then the result will be there. Whereas we, as like Western countries and in England, both in weightlifting and in rugby, think, oh, we have to win. Yeah. And that's sometimes what hurts it. And sometimes oh. that ends up being really boring. And then sometimes it ends up actually hurting and sabotaging you. Yeah, like I've I've seen it. Like that was more the approach that I took with weightlifting when I competed in it, uh, and so why it was probably more not as fun, quote unquote, to me was because like like the only like I was competing and I was competing or I was training in it, and I was training with the direct thought of I'm doing this so that eventually I can lift the most amount of weight above my head. Yeah, and uh, to you know to bring it full circle in that conversation we were having about. Um, in the last podcast about you know knowing whether you're going to compete at a high level or or, or, or whatnot like I was doing it because I, I thought 
you know what, I'm going to keep doing this and see where I go. And maybe one day I can make the Commonwealth Games, right? And yeah. then, you know, a year and a half in, it was, I realized that I would have to commit years and so much time in those years to this yeah. if I was going to do it. And I weighed up the options and it wasn't worth it for me. And, and also, um, like, how many people do you have around you who are at... Or I had no one around me. That's the other thing. I had no one that was... Uh, I was in the Middle East at the time. So I had a couple other lifters, but they also worked and it just didn't work out. And so yeah, it, exactly. it got really so hard. Just... And um, the main difference for me in terms of the actual competition, though, I would say was rugby is like really really fun to do like you get a little bit nervous before and then obviously after it's good or bad depending on whether you won or, or whatever right but it's really yeah. really really fun in the moment whilst you're doing it weightlifting is is nerve-wracking like the whole fucking way right it's you you know what you've got to do and you've got to lift this weight and it's the simplest thing but you cannot you cannot fuck it up and it's only on you right yeah. and so it's really nerve wracking and all, and, and a, a big adrenaline rush whilst you're doing it. But as soon as you finish, there's like, it's, you know, unless you've bombed, it's like an amazing feeling. It's, it, it's, yeah. it's a higher, higher, it's a bigger high than I think that you get from most, well, def, well definitely from most rugby wins. Well, I don't want to say from all because, you know, you've won cup finals and whatnot and they, they're big. But yeah, it's essentially like, your only competition is a cup final and then you, you get it done with and it feels euphoric, but you don't really enjoy it at the time. Whereas rugby, I really enjoyed what playing. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think with rugby, like, I enjoy, I enjoy the whole thing to be fair. And I think it's because, and I've tried to take the same approach to weightlifting. It has worked where the whole thing is really just the game as well. Yeah. The way that it psychs out some of the lifters, and the way that some of the lifters, and I think some of the lifters who are maybe a bit more old swimming don't appreciate it, is it's just weightlifting at the end of the day. Like one of the one of the ways that um the guy who runs he does all the filming for English weightlifting guys, and he's a really interesting guy to follow. Um, on uh, Ramsey Kachetcha, he does yeah. uh, an Instagram account called Under the Bar and a podcast called the Sinclair Debate, and they're always quite cool. Like he just said, like, well, whether I win the English champs or not, I've still got to go home to a wife who's going to moan at me for something I haven't done, and I've still got my mortgage. It hasn't changed. Yeah, like, absolutely. At the end of the day, you're doing it because it's fun and because you enjoy it. So when you go to a meet, unless you get something out of kind of like you know getting nervous, throwing up, every, throwing up, banging your head against the wall, then just don't do it. Just enjoy it. And a lot of the time, you're going to end up doing very well, and you're not going to end up having this awful anxiousness beforehand. And you're actually going to do really well. And that's why I think in rugby, I was the same. I never really got that nervous before the best games I played. I never really got that hyped up. It was basically just. It was almost a bit of a joke and a laugh, really. Because it's kind of like, well, we've trained, we've done as much as we can, so we might as well have fun, whether we win or lose. And by doing that, I think you end up being able to sustain it longer as well, both rugby or weightlifting. You perform longer because you're just enjoying it, both process and competition, which is important that you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's it. Boom. Uh, it's easier to forget that weightlifting is fun. That maybe that's maybe that's the end. But it's also easy, you know, remember you listeners that you're listening to this because it's the rugby muscle podcast and remember that rugby is definitely a lot of fun oh it is super fun all right you can again you can go follow chris at k.speed on instagram um i'll have all his info well his info will be up on there on his instagram and i'll have a link to everything up on the show notes um and actually what i'm also going to do is i've got a video that i'll link in as well to just to add in about the olympic lifting and rugby i've got olympic lifting equals big hits in rugby it's a, a youtube video i did a few years back 
and I still think a lot of it applies. So hopefully it'll give you a good little visual element to how you can do that. And that'll be in the show notes after this. Um, but for now, guys, uh, thank you. Thanks, Chris, for being on, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, mate, it's always a pleasure going on the podcast, mate. Thank awesome. you. And we'll catch you in the next one, guys. Take care. Right, guys thank you very much for listening if you've enjoyed this episode or if you've enjoyed any episode of the rugby muscle podcast please go ahead and give us a five star rating and type a quick review it takes about a minute and it really helps us out a ton helps grow the show helps grow rugby muscle and in turn we will be able to give you guys the best quality content information and programs that we possibly can if you're interested in any of that stuff, like the free physique nutrition video series or the TJ Shank supplement guide or the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, you can find them all at rugby-muscle.com or by going through my Instagram profile at tj.strength. Give me a quick follow. And until next time, guys, I've been your host as always, TJ. See you soon.